We respectfully acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation who are the traditional owners of the land on which we record this podcast and recognise their continuing connection to the lands, waters and community. We pay our respects to the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the Elders past, present and emerging. Well, hello, and welcome to We'll Get It In Post. I'm Dom Hennequin. Amy and Curtis are off today, so I'm joined by one of my dear old friends. He is the Katia to my Trixie. It's Nathan Slevin. Slevs, thanks for joining me. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thrilled. I'm absolutely thrilled to have you on board. Um, And for an episode that I think all the fans have been waiting for, especially after our last <laughs> our last few episodes, which is today we're talking about Dear Evan Hansen. Um, uh, Slevs, firstly, for people that don't know you, they've gotten to know me, Amy and Curtis a little bit. Um, Slevs is one of my dear old friends. In fact, we used to host a show together. Don't look for it. You can't find it. Um, but uh, for many years, we did we did our own podcast together. So I'm hoping that our dynamic really leaps off of the screen or through the headphones this week. Don't don't you think it will? I I hope so. I think it will. <laughs> what are I, you drinking? I, I lost that magic. Um, I am drinking a Chardonnay Pinot Noir. Oh gee, yeah, yeah only yeah. the best for us, huh? I'm drinking a a half. A half drunk mojito. Um, I'm half drunk, and this is a mojito. Um, listen, let's get into it. Today we're talking about Dear Evan Hansen, the 2021 film starring Ben Platt. Uh, it is uh, one of the stories of this Oscar season that didn't pan out quite how I'm sure the um, creative team behind it hoped it would. Um, I'll run through a few of the people that are starring and the director. So it's directed by Stephen Shabosky. Um, it stars Ben Platt, who originated the role of Dia, as um, RuPaul would say, um, <laughs> as Evan, Evan Hansen, uh, on Broadway. Um, Catherine Denver as Zoe Murphy. Uh, Julianne Moore as Heidi Hansen. Amy Adams as Cynthia Murphy. Uh, Colton Ryan as Connor Murphy. Uh, who else have I missed here? Uh, Nick Durdian as Jared Kalwani. They've changed his last name from the show. Um, Amanda Stenberg as Alana Beck. Um, and a few other people and a few other people from Broadway sort of sprinkled in there as well. Um, so I guess the plot of this film Let's go through it. Here's what it's meant to be about. Evan Hansen is an anxious, isolated high school student who's aching for understanding and belonging amid the chaos and cruelty of the social media age. He soon embarks on a journey of self-discovery when a letter he wrote for a writing exercise falls into the hands of a grieving couple whose son took his own life. And off it goes from there. Slevs, just to start off with, what was your sort of 
When you heard that they were doing a film of this successful Broadway musical, um, it's been running for a few years on Broadway. It's come to the West End. It's toured the US. Um, and it won, you know, the Tony Award for Best Musical um, when it was eligible. Ben Platt won the Tony Award for Best Leading Actor. Uh, what did you hear? What did you know of Dear Evan Hansen going into the film? And what did you think when the film was announced? What did you expect? So I I knew of the stage show. I knew the music quite well. Um, the composers of the stage show, um, Hassock and Paul, you know, have had like quite a quite a bit of success really um and I was a fan of the the soundtrack of the musical I hadn't seen it um you know I didn't go overseas when it was you know or anything to see it but I just knew that of the music um and it was I'm just intrigued to like how it related to the story like not being able to see it on stage I guess my first reaction when it was announced that it was going to be a movie was um just I was a little bit surprised, I guess, mainly because it was quite a long time after the stage show, like, first premiered mm. that they announced this movie. Um, and then, obviously, it was delayed with COVID. The release was kind of pushed. I think it was also filmed partially during the pandemic. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, so I guess um, particularly when it was announced that Ben Platt was going to be reprising the role, um, and I, by that point, had knew him as like a singer-songwriter. He'd released an album. Um, so I kind of knew him on that level um, and, and knew his age. So I guess um, <laughs> I guess that was my, yeah, it was definitely one of surprise. Um, and just, yeah, how are they going to like, how is this going to be pulled off yeah. as a film? How are they yeah. going to do this? And that's always the way with, um, with a musical especially. Um, you never, you know, they're really, the track record of stage to screen is littered with bad film adaptions, you know? Absolutely. For various reasons. Sometimes it's because the casting is all wrong. They've veered, you know, for they've gone for a celebrity um, or a more well-known Hollywood actor instead of a, you know, theatre performer that originated the role or someone similar or they've just, you know, it just hasn't translated onto screen um, for some other reason. But in this case, it was, yeah, it was kind of, I remember hearing that Ben Platt was attached. Um, and, you know, whenever there's a successful Broadway musical of any type, the next conversation is always like, when's the movie coming out? When are they making a movie out of this? When are they going to adapt it? But it's also, Absolutely. you know, a poison, a poison chalice because even if they were to adapt it tomorrow... Um, with the original cast, it doesn't always work. And there's tons of examples of that. Absolutely. Yeah. It but seems to me like, they, they've waited, they waited a bit too long, but not long enough at this point. But anyway, that's my, that's my point of view. No, I agree. And I think like when you do look at the history of stage to screen musicals, um, it's, yeah, it's definitely hit and miss. And for every like sh Chicago or, um, you know, big successful like adaptation like that you get a whole bunch of very average or subpar or not quite right you know ver versions of of really well-known stage shows um and I guess with this show as well is that also because as much as like you know on Broadway it, it was you know obviously like a, on a Broadway stage and it had you know a fairly decent sized cast and all those sorts of things I guess the storyline and um as far as people's 
the non-musical theatre person's idea of a musical, it's quite left of centre from that. You know, it's not like a big flashy show. Mm. So again, that's like, you know, uh, that would that was also my my like in my intrigue was to um, was sort of how that was going to translate as well. You know, from this kind of like quite like um, you know ensemble type show. Mm. Uh, with a male lead, like how that was going to be, you know, translated onto screen as well. Yeah, interesting. Let's get into the casting um, and talk about some of, you know, what we expected here, some of the issues, some of maybe the differences to what we, you know, what some of the characters were on stage versus what they ended up being in the film. We have to obviously start with Ben Platt. Um, so Ben Platt is playing a 17 year old in this film. I'm sure you, if you're watching this, you kind of have heard the buzz about this when the movie was out by now. Um, but he's, you know, he would have been 27 when he was shooting this film. He's 28 now. Um, obviously that's a thing. (laughs) And that was, (laughs) (laughs) that was, uh, yeah, kind of cause for a lot of criticism, but also because, um, there were, there were a lot of calls of nepotism as well because his father, Mark Platt, who is a very successful, you know, theatre and film producer, um, was the producer of Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway and it's not lost on anyone that perhaps that may have something to do with um, this even getting to screen and certainly with um, Ben Platt being cast and certainly the director um, Stephen Shabotsky uh, Shabosky um, has said from the beginning it was Ben Platt or nothing. Um, what did you think of that, Slevs? Did the choice pay uh, off? <laughs> um, I don't know. It's a really, it's a really interesting one for me. Like I, I think Ben Platt is incredibly talented, you know, and I think that was kind of uh, his his talent was really kind of overshadowed by all the controversy surrounding his casting. Yeah. What I find really interesting is that this was in no, by no means a new thing in particularly in film, casting much older actors to play much younger characters. Hello, Grace. But like, <laughs> you know, um, I think maybe now people just aren't as willing to kind of, you know, I guess, uh, suspend their disbelief. Put it aside or suspend that disbelief. Yeah. Um, and I guess particularly in uh, with this character, um, because you know there were def- for me when for me watching it, there's definitely moments where it was m- way more obvious than others. Mm. Uh, you know, depending on the, the lighting and the you know the scene that they he was in. Like so, sometimes sometimes I kind of found myself like uh, buying into it, and sometimes I was like, oh no, this is not like I know that you're not. A 17 year old I don't know I kind of I found myself flip-flopping even though I already knew going into watching it that he was much older yeah I just found that yeah sometimes they kind of got away with it in certain scenes and sometimes they didn't um and maybe it depended on who he was in the scene with um and and that kind of thing as well um but it was interesting because you know he's been he was quoted himself Ben Platt as you know in some articles and some interviews post the release uh, basically saying like, you know, I workshopped this character. I made this character for the show. You know, it was like they would never have made this film without me sort of thing. <laughs> so like, it was like you know, there was essentially like there was no way it was going to ever be anyone else. So, I mean, you can say about that what you will, but I guess, yeah, I, I don't think it was um, for me. Uh, yeah. It was a little bit like sometimes 
and sometimes not. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I completely agree with you. I think what it, what distracted me the most was the fact that it's it seemed as if the filmmakers had decided and knew that it was a problem more than anything mm. else um, and had made a few choices that really only worked to emphasise that we think this is a problem. Um, yeah. Because Ben Platt is not an old-looking person. No. Um, and as you say, many TV shows and films um, are full of, you know, characters that are meant to be 17 or 19 that are played by 30-year-olds all over the place and no one would kind of like bat an eyelid um, at that uh, because it's just like as long as you work through it and surround the rest of the cast with people that are kind of the same age. So, you know, it is different on Broadway where there is a lot more, you know, there are a lot older people playing a lot younger people at different times. But, yeah, I felt like choices, you know, it's easy to say, but like choices like his hairstyle, I didn't understand how how much weight he lost, which I think is a bit of a thing for Ben Platt. I know that before the, like, because he's not like a, 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 a over, he was never like an overweight person or anything like that, but he's done a lot of different roles like Elder, not Elder Cunningham, the other Elder, no, Elder Cunningham um, oh, in yeah. Book of Mormon, like the Josh Gad role. Um, you know, like he, he's been on Broadway a long time since he was very young and he's he lost a lot of weight to do Evan Hansen. I remember reading a New York Times article about how scarily thin he'd gotten. So, you know, he's he's been on his own journey finding the look for this character. Um, and when he was on Broadway, he had that kind of blonde hair, that short do that made him look a bit younger and it's always different when you put it on on film um but it just seemed to me that that and whatever de-aging garbage they have really tried <laughs> to apply here after the backlash from like the first trailer or the or the you know the presumed backlash it just yeah. made it worse it just made it more distracting i found no absolutely i think you know it's funny that he he actually played like a sort of college age student in Pitch Perfect, which he, you know, when he was a little mm. bit like a little bit chubby, well, yeah, a little bit chubbier back then. And it's funny because he kind of like, um, you know, looked appropriate and was obviously, you know, younger at that stage. But then, yeah, like you say, whatever process they've gone through <laughs> in post-production. Uh, and sometimes I think for me when I found it um, the most like, uh in your face was like in scenes where it was, where there was like really like, where it was like quite gray. Um, like he looked really weathered, <laughs> like, um, you know, like, and they, you know, and then there were some scenes where it was quite obvious, the layers of makeup that were on like, and that sort of, that sort of thing. Yeah. So it was, it was really interesting. It is, it is really uh, interesting. Some of the choices that they made, like in response to like, yeah, the, the backlash, I guess. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the rest of the cast? So we have, you know, Julianne Moore playing Evan's mother. Um, then we have Amy Adams playing the mother of Connor Murphy, Cynthia Murphy. Um, they're probably the two other sort of lead characters other than um, Zoe Murphy. 
played by Caitlin Denver. What did you What did you think of of the rest of the main cast? Um, you know, I, I Amy Adams kind of wasn't a huge shock to me, I guess, because um, you know we've seen her in musicals, music, movie musicals in the past. Oh yeah, like um, Enchanted and yeah, Enchanted. Um, and I think that um, she's often like you know, this was probably quite a considered choice for her, like wanting to kind of move from, you know, the roles that she's kind of being typecast as, you know, she's often played like um, young kind of sweet, innocent, charming kind of characters. And I guess this was like a bit of a step towards, you know, more obviously playing a mother and like they made her kind of appear a bit older than she actually is mm. Um in real life as well. But I think that she probably consciously was like, you know, this is like a good next step for me career wise. Uh, well, she, you know, so she thought, but um, <laughs> I, but I, you know, look, I, as far as her, like I, I, I actually liked her in the role. Like I thought she, I thought she played the character like pretty well. Like, you know, there, her and um, her and Julianne Moore's character, like as the, you know, as um, Connor and as Evan's mother, like their roles were obviously a little bit scaled back from the stage show. Mm. Um, You know, there wasn't as much singing for either of them. Um, They were definitely more like, there was more of a focus on the being acting roles um, for the film. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know, Amy, like I, 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 yeah, she. I wouldn't say she was like one of my standouts in the film, by no means. But I think she was fine. I think she was fine in the role. Yeah. I think the more surprising choice for me was Julianne Moore as Evan's mum. Yeah, I've got uh, to say, when I found out that the two of them were cast, I initially yeah. immediately thought that they were cast in the opposite roles yeah. than they yeah. ended up being in. Um, so when yeah. I like started watching the film, or like just before it, and I was like, oh. Oh, right. It's the other way around. Julianne Moore's playing Evan's mother and Amy. Like I, I could have seen it working the other way around as well. Yeah. But, but I thought, yeah, Julianne Moore still did. Yeah, she was she was still good for that role. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but she probably had, um, and maybe, I don't know, maybe that was a scheduling thing, but I feel like she was definitely appeared less than Amy Adams. I feel like Amy Adams was in mm. quite a bit of this of the movie and Julianne Moore was, I don't know, maybe a little bit like underutilized because I, you know, she's a, she's a great actress, you know, um, as we know. And it was, you know, it was nice to see her in um, something a little bit different for her, I guess, you know, she obviously had a song in the movie that um, she sure did months preparing for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this is uh, it was I funny. I remember reading like her talking about it and people were like, oh, you know, like did you have a vocal coach and what what songs were you singing to like train your voice? And she was like, I just sang that song. <laughs> I only sang that song for like six months. Um and I only know I- one song. It's this song. <laughs> it's this song. Um, and look, I, and that's it. I really love that song in the musical, like on the soundtrack. <laughs> like, like I think it's a really lovely. Song. Definitely, look, it's a it's a story song. Yeah. it's not a you yeah, know, it's yeah. not a like, it's not a belty. It's like, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a stand and sing song. It's a no. It's, it's a not intimate. an eleven o'clock. <laughs> no, although it's it is, it, it is though in the well, in yeah, the, kind in of the, the order of things, yeah. 
without any like you know high bells. Or eleven o'clock number. <laughs> Send but, them home um, and whistling it. I, yeah, I don't know. It was, it, you know, it was interesting as well because I actually didn't realize until later after watching the movie um, that a lot of the vocals were recorded live. Um, like all the I realized. Um, <laughs> once I re- yeah, once I found that out, I was like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. But I guess, um, yeah, I guess that was another kind of thing that made it. Uh, made it interesting i mean yeah do you find the whole live vocals thing like i know that les mis has made it a real they really took it to the extreme um with that film but is it really like do we care like well i don't know that we do to be honest i mean i feel my my i guess my thing with it is if you're gonna do it like why then like it seems like a bit of a waste of time to do it and then just play over like press play over the top of their vocals you know like it's not like they're recording live and then just using that raw footage in in their final cut you know they're they're obviously then going on going in and layering um you know additional sound and probably additional vocals in post so it then just becomes kind of this weird and I found this with like with Lamey's I guess was a little bit more they were trying to go for like a a, you know real like it was anyway egregious (laughs) <laughs> it was this I didn't find like you know this went a little bit better than that but it was still kind of weird because uh after I you know found that out I was like oh yeah I you know it makes sense because you could I then thought back on it and it was like yeah it was quite obvious that some of them were singing live when they were filming mm-hmm. but then but then yeah you didn't get the actual like uh you didn't feel that when you watched it because you knew it was just like you know, there was all this overlay. Mm. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting with like more, you know, more like musical films coming out in the next few years, you know, like with Wicked coming up and (laughs) (laughs) coming up and, um, you know, like even, um, you know, Baz Luhrmann's next project, which is Elvis, which is coming out soon, which is not, not so much a musical per se as, as, you know, the story. Yeah, it's not like a stage to screen adaption but no but it'll be interesting to see like what choices they make with vocals whether it's you know a combination of live or just just you know dubbed vocals i i yeah i i definitely have some uh issues with it and caitlin denver what did we think of her so she's from like you know i'd seen her in book smart she's done a lot of things over the years yeah i honestly she was like the standout for me uh, which might be controversial to say, but I um, I really lo- I really loved her. I really liked like her portrayal of the character. Um, I thought she you know sung the role like pretty well. Um, yeah, she was she was a standout for me. Yeah, I thought she was perfect choice, perfect casting, absolutely for that role. Yeah. Out of people that are already you know working in Hollywood and stuff, it was it was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Because let's be honest, they could have, if they really wanted to, you know, put another name in there, they could have found Ariana Grande. Yeah, you know, someone who kind of could, or find someone who could be, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, some of the qualities that they needed. But I feel like they definitely chose well with with her in that role. Yeah, me too, me too. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the differences in, uh, like, between the film and the show. Um, 
Obviously, there's a few songs that have been cut or sort of switched around, and then a couple of songs that they've added. They've added a song called The Anonymous Ones, uh, sung by um, the Alana character. And then A Little Closer, which is, spoiler alert, um, sung by uh, Connor um, in a video that they find of him. Um, What did we think of the additions and, I guess, any of the changes that you noticed? You know, I have to say that when I first, like when they first announced the movie and announced the casting, before we kind of, you know, knew what changes were going to be made. I was like, oh, <laughs> like Julianne Moore and Amy Adams singing, like, does anybody have a map? I just was like mm. trying to picture that. Um, as a redhead as well. How did that make you feel? <laughs> well, she changed her hair for the movie, so. Who, who did? Oh, she did. Uh, Julianne Moore, Julianne didn't she? Moore yeah, did, yeah, she changed it to blonde. Um, yeah, as a redhead, do you think that's a betrayal of other redheads? <laughs> <laughs> I feel personally victimized. No, um, I, yeah. So, I mean, when I then, yeah, I guess that song being cut. Yeah, was that was cut. It's all about, it's all about Evan is what the director said. Absolutely. We're following yeah. Evan on his journey. No more of this, no more of these other characters opening the show. Nah. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know, did it detract from the story? I guess without having seen the stage show live, I can't say too much on that, but I guess, um, like, I guess for me, like watching it, I didn't feel that they would, I didn't feel that they would have added much to the movie. Like I didn't feel that they were like, it was really detrimental not having those though, at least that song in there. Like, does anybody have a map Um, sort of, you know, towards the beginning? So for me, it was a huge deal that being cut. Um, I, I, I understood that choice for the purpose of the film. Me too. Um, having seen the show on Broadway, um, it, it you said before that, like, this isn't a show that's kind of like, you know, big chorus lines, dance numbers or anything like that. It, it's kind of different. But that number is, you know, is an opening number of a show. You know, it gets the energy up. People are walking around stage. There's choreography. There's people, you know, that's what that number is. And that's yeah. often doesn't translate super well to film. I think it could have worked, but you know, um, they wanted it to all be from Evan's perspective in this film and, you know, it kind of does that successfully. Um, the other yeah. songs that we've noticed that they cut um, were Good For You, mm-hmm. um, Disappear, and my personal favourite and one that I hope to sing on Broadway one day, Break In A Glove. <laughs> <laughs> Sung. Yeah. You know, when... When that scene comes up, when he like you know um, they start talking about the baseball glove and baseball, and I thought if there if a song if that song had have started at that point in the movie, I think I would have been gone. I would have, <laughs> I would have they would have lost me. So yeah, uh, again, I mean, do, does the actual stage show even need that song? Debatable. <laughs> he really <laughs> fought, I think the, the actor really fought for that song. I heard, yeah. You cut, if you cut my song, if you cut breaking a glove, if you don't know what we're talking about, go listen to it. It's a real showstopper. Um, having said that, though, um, you did hear a lot of these songs playing in the background at various points. Yeah. 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 We um, They had the Good For You and uh, 
does anybody have a map? Because um, I recognise them like watching it, um, with, you know, when they band are playing. In the pep rally scene towards the beginning, I was like, I know that tune. So I guess that was nice to have little like references to it still in there as yeah. like a bit of a nod to the composers. Um, I think also the other one for me would disappear, um, which is a song I really like in the stage show. But again, it made sense, you know, with the fact that, uh, which I guess we'll touch on in a moment, with the fact that like, you know, the character of Jared was quite uh, reduced from how uh, heavily reduced yeah reduced yeah it kind of made sense again for with with the whole film being centered around evan and ben's performance basically yeah uh again it kind of made sense for that song to be on the on the floor yeah yeah the one that i think yeah could we could have used was good for you to be honest yeah the world is falling in a bit. Like it had a bit of that, but it's it's usually, you know, it's sung by a lot of the different characters that have stakes in the sort of spoiler of that lie that um, Evan is sort of spinning and is kind of getting out of control. Um, yeah. But it would have in that moment, it would have it would have probably been nice to um, to have a little more than we got. Um, but you know, whatever. It wasn't it wasn't the worst. Um, and the anonymous ones, I think, was a good replacement for Disappear. It was pretty much in that slot, sung by the Alana character, and a little closer was nice. Yeah, well. I mean, the the song like almost. I mean, it, you know, it, the it fit very well musically. It almost sounded like it basically would have been in the stage show. Yeah. Um, and interestingly, I think I believe that the actress who played that role also helped write the song. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, of. Um, the anonymous ones who played Alana, Amanda um, um, Sten Stenberg. Yeah, believe. Amanda Stenberg. Yeah, um, and the other song that they included a little closer. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I guess it was such a. It, it wasn't a super lot. It was like a snippet um, that they kind of initially used with uh, with Connor singing it. Yeah. Um, Played by Col- Colton I, Ryan, who I thought did a pretty good job in a role originated yeah. by Mike Faced of West Side Story fame now. Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought Colton Ryan did a pretty good job in that. And that song was good. It was very naturalistic, though. That that song, the way that it was played, you know, in a video sort of looking back on him with his mm. support group or whatever it was, it was, it was nice. Um, yeah. 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 I think one thing I did find interesting is that, you know, they used a lot of obviously the very, the story songs and the emotional uh, musical content of the, of the original show, um, but then chose to keep um, one of the sort of, I guess the one for me, what was the one like fun number in the movie, (laughs) which was sung by, um, which is sung by Connor, Evan and Jared briefly. Jared joins in. Sincerely me. Um, yeah, sincerely me. Um, I mean, it's it's a you know it's a fun song and it kind of it's like, a romp. Would you say it's a it, romp? It's a it's a romp. It's a gay old time. Um, <laughs> it came at like an interesting like yeah. It, it kind of break it kind of breaks things up in the movie. So I guess yeah, it, it, I could see why they kept it, but it was also interesting because then because they cut some of those other songs that kind of stood out for me as like the one. Musical song, yeah, like silly dancing and like you know, 
Um, but I guess, it, again, because it was kind of a fantasy sequence, it, you know, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk about the reception of this film. Um, it, uh, it, it didn't do super well. At either critically or at the box office, it was quite negatively received, and mm. you know it it was basically shot during COVID, I believe, and released during COVID. Um, so it was a tough tough situation with timing for it, but also it was critically panned. Um, mm. Is that fair? Ah, uh, look, I I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know that it's fair. Some of the reviews that I, you know, that came out at the time that were like pretty harsh about the whole thing. I don't know, were were entirely fair in my opinion. Like I, you know, as again, as I say, someone who has not seen the stage version, which is probably, which I'm probably in the majority, you know, yeah. of people here who wouldn't have seen it on stage, but um, maybe familiar with the music. Um, I, I feel like what uh, it just suffered from, a lot of uh, a lot of like preconceived notions, you know, it was so built up. Oh, this is coming out and it's, you know, this is who's in it and it's an adaptation of this, you know, critically acclaimed stage show. So there was a lot of pressure on it in that sense. But then also I feel that, you know, it was very overshadowed by the casting of Ben Platt. Yeah. This was kind of this like cloud hanging over it. Yeah. So then when it did... Uh, when it did kind of come out, I don't know, I just feel like a lot of critics kind of went in with a lot of uh, already formed opinions about, you know, what they thought knowing of it. that it would knowing that it would get clicks is the is, the, is the vibe Absolutely. of the of the of a lot of the reviews I saw. Like the headlines yeah. are screaming, screaming for it. Yeah. yeah, which and look, by no means am I saying it's, you know, a great film. I think there are like a lot of, I think there are a lot of flaws with it. I think, you know, unfortunately, as you said, came out at not a great time. Um, and also, you know, uh, after a lot of the Evan Hansen hype had kind of died out from even the stage show. I mean, I mean, it's still running, but that initial hype that there always is about new shows. Um, and I, yeah, I think for me, like watching it, I, uh, I still had a lot of good takeaways from it. I think there were some really good performances in it. Um, I think it's not the worst like musical adaptation I've seen. Mm. Like by far, like it's not definitely, not, yeah, yeah, not by far. I feel like it's probably definitely one of the like more uh, accurate, like it's probably one of the more successful, one of the more successful in terms of, um, you know, whilst yes, there were some changes. Um, largely, you know, they stuck to the original, yeah. um, you know, stage show and story. So, um, yeah, look, there were still some wins that came out of it for me. And when, you know, we're talking about the last few years, we've had, you know, things like The Prom come out, which was another yeah. you know, stage show. They threw, like, <laughs> names into just hoping yeah. that, like, <laughs> it would be good because Meryl's in it and James Corden and Nicole Kidman, and it was garbage. <laughs> Total garbage. So, yeah. I mean, when you kind of, I mean, I know they're not, you know, comparable in the terms of, in terms of the kind of musicals that they are, but, you know, The Prom was another COVID production that was slapped together. Um, 
Whereas I feel like as much as, you know, yes, there obviously this was filmed during COVID, like Evan Hansen was filmed during COVID um, and a lot of a lot of it was riding on Ben's performance. Um, and Ben is a great performer. He is. Um, and he's not bad in this. Um, no. Aside from all of the other distracting little things, like his overall performance is what he did on, on Broadway, turned, tweaked, you know, enough for film. Um, to make a to 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 be a relatively decent, a, a very good performance, I would say, a very decent portrayal and capturing his version of Evan Hansen. Absolutely, which is perfect. I, one thing I will say um, that I guess some of the reviews did point out is that it is long, uh, and in, yeah. I think it's a little bit too long, in my opinion. They kind of add on. Um, where the musical ends, they they kind of add on a little bit and mm-hmm. go a little bit further, um, which I mean it's a nice kind of wrap wrap up, but it also makes the movie quite long. I think it runs at like almost two and a half. Uh, it's definitely over two hours. Oh well, I saw Batman the but other night, and that was <laughs> like three hours long. But yeah, I guess um, I do? just. Yeah, it was just a little bit noticeably long. But, yeah, as I say, I, I think for me, like, for me the reviews were, were, like, on the whole, like, I think a little bit unfair in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think there are some really good performances in here. I think they should get credit for turning, you know, a Broadway show into a film that feels like a film. You know, they've really tried to make it as naturalistic as possible does that make it the most exciting? You know, is it a groundbreaking adaption? By no means. Like this is they've done they've they've ticked the box, and that's the overall that's that would be the overall criticism I have for this. You know, I'm not sure that anyone was like you know really thirsty for this, really thirsty for Ben to you know this feels like a box ticking exercise to some degree. They've done it pretty. Yeah. You know, they've produced a pretty you know, a relatively decent film um, and his performance is great in it, but it, but his performance and his, it feels like his desire to do this and everyone's desire to capture his performance because he originated the role and created it um, while, you know, all power to them. Um, it, 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 the, the buzz around that and the storyline around that unfortunately has overshadowed um yeah you know, how, how good this film was and its performance at the box office. And I guess like finally, because this is, you know, sort of an Oscars podcast, what do you think they wanted to achieve with this film? And how do you think when they, you know, at the outset, how did you think that it was going to go down in this quite busy Oscars season? Yeah, uh, it's it's definitely been eclipsed by some obviously far superior films. Um, but I, I think they definitely were uh, aiming for perhaps some acting nominations for sure. Um, you know, with either like Amy Adams or Julianne, or obviously Ben, even um, even Caitlin as um, uh, as, as um, Zoe. Zoe, yes, thank you. <laughs> and uh, I guess maybe even going for like a screen like a screenplay, like best adapted screenplay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was adapted by Stephen Levinson from his book yep. uh, of stage shows. So um, I can kind of see that as well. And certainly for uh, original song as well, getting something in there. 
as they tend to do for musical movie adaptions. (laughs) Write something, just, just anything, just write something. Let's get in there. Just, just get, yeah, get it in. I, um, I don't know whether like direction was a, 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 an aim for them. Um, I mean, the, (laughs) like it's, it, no, it's flat. it was flat. It was a, yeah, it was very flat in that sense. Um, and it's interesting because, I mean, to be honest, the director um, is, is kind of known as a writer um, because he did the perks of being a, uh, the perks of being a wallflower. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? The perks of being a wallflower? Yep. Yeah. Um, which was, which was a book that he'd written um, or a novel that he'd written. So it's interesting that he, uh, yeah, it would be interesting if he was kind of gunning for that as well, because he, as far as direction goes, he wasn't incredibly experienced. Yeah, uh, kind of shows. Um, but yeah, I think like they they must have realized quite quickly that you know they came it came out at the wrong kind of time, and then you know since its release, lots of other films have come out that have just kind of taken over, you know the 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 talk and the chat in the award season and that's it's just kind of been forgotten about yeah sadly well dear evan hansen is out to stream now go watch it we did uh <laughs> and that's what we thought uh slevs thank Chant. you so much <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today um thank you for having me. oh it's an absolute pleasure you're welcome back anytime in fact we'll get you back on soon to talk about another maybe another flop from this season right <laughs> love talking about a flop <laughs> but until then i'm dom hennequin you've been watching we'll get it in post make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer or subscribe on youtube follow us on instagram and we'll see you next time with amy and curtis back bye-bye <laughs>